Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slay and Thrive podcast. You have tuned in to an episode where we're going heavy on the slay energy today, and I'm pretty stoked about it. This episode is going to be practical, it's going to be actionable, and it's going to be some tough love to help you make more progress towards your goals. I'm even more excited about sharing this with you because it has created some big breakthroughs and tangible shifts in my own results as of late. Today, I'm sharing two concepts that will improve your everyday consistency and performance. These concepts bring it all back to your daily life. I think there's sometimes a tendency, at least for myself, to overlook the little day-to-day wins in favor of the bigger overall vision. However, when you choose to prioritize the little things and the small daily actions, you're going to get time on your side and see compound interest work in your favor, especially if you choose to keep going for long enough. This episode is for you if you have an area you'd like to improve, but you felt a little stuck as of late. This episode is also for you if you have two areas in your life that feel sticky. It feels like you often end up going back to old, misaligned habits in these areas. This area could be your health, your money, your relationships, anything. I'm going to share two concepts that can help you improve your level of consistency and follow through. I'm going to share how to use these concepts to upgrade your routines and your practices in daily life for greater results. I'm also going to give you a few practices and strategies for making these upgrades more likely to stick. Okay, let's get to these two concepts. These are not my concepts, so I will give credit where credit is due, break down my thoughts on them, and how you can use them yourself. I'm going to use health and fitness examples as I talk about these concepts, but you can use them anywhere, really. Concept number one came from the State of Being podcast by Michelle Saya. If you're into business and astrology, this has become one of my new favorites. She shared this idea in one of her episodes, and it was this. We become our lowest standards, not our highest dreams. We are not the highest version of ourselves in which we can imagine. We are the lowest version of ourselves in which we can accept. 
this concept hit me hard and made me think about why people can have these incredible ambitions and also have an incredible worth ethic and incredible drive and still not get where they want to go. I think it comes down to this distinction between ambition and standards. You may have this incredible ideal version of yourself and you know how she shows up, how she moves her body daily, the nourishing food she fuels herself with, what kind of evening routine she has. You probably know or at least have a sense of what this highest version of you looks like. And also, there's a gap between that highest ideal version and the standards that are present in your life. This also reminds me of the book, The Slight Edge, where the author Jeff Olson talks about the cycle most people have with success. They have their lowest standards. Maybe this is a particular level of health, level of energy, a certain body size, or a certain amount of physical ability. Then maybe they get to this place where they're violating their lowest standards. They get to this place where they're struggling to walk up the stairs or do their favorite hike, or they can no longer fit into their favorite pair of jeans. They're now dipping beneath their lowest standard. So they'll start shifting their actions and patterns so they can do the hike again or fit into the jeans. They start eating better. They start working out more consistently again. However, once they get back to that lowest standard or a bit above it, they'll often stop doing the things that were helping. And then they have to keep repeating this cycle of floating right around their lowest standard for months or years or even decades. However, if that person was willing to continue doing the same actions that helped them rise from their personal rock bottom, they would eventually get the benefit of compound interest. And they would also, in doing so, create a new lowest standard. This new lowest standard would start to close the gap between their highest idealized self and these old rock bottom standards. This is a powerful way to create lasting change. Instead of focusing on the highest, most idealized version of self, Instead, start looking at your lowest standards. This requires some radical self-honesty, which means you'll also want to be gentle and compassionate with yourself at the same time while you tell this truth. Then you can look for ways to create higher, lower standards over time. This is where the second concept I wanted to talk about today comes in. This lowest standard idea is incredibly helpful. And I think alone, it puts too much emphasis on the end result. The lowest standard could be an outcome, a weight, a level of physical capacity, a clothing size, but that takes away a lot of our agency to create change. We want to take the focus away from the outcomes themselves and place more of the focus on the actions we're taking on a daily basis, as well as the person we're showing up as in our daily life. This brings me to the second concept I wanted to chat about today, 
which was something I read in an email from Stephen Kotler about a year ago now. It's still to this day stuck with me. Not the exact quote, I don't remember the exact words, but the idea. And the idea was something along the lines of, your success is equal to that of your average day. This is something you can use to be strategic and intentional about creating new, upgraded, lowest standards. When you look at your average day and all the actions you do or do not take, you can create shifts that lead to entirely new results. This is going to look different from person to person, and this also doesn't mean that you have to change everything at once. It means you're going to look at what happens on a daily basis, on average, and decide if you want to keep that as part of your average or change it. I want to walk you through some examples so you could see what this looks like as you do your own average day audit. Personally, I've been working out consistently for the last 15 plus years. Working out is part of my average day. If there happens to be the occasional day where I'm sick or super busy and don't get out for a walk or lift some weights, it's no big deal because on average, I'm moving my body daily. In my own life, my breakfast and lunches are super similar. On an average day, I'm eating either some kind of egg breakfast or maybe some steel cut oats with seeds and nut butter. And then I'll add in some protein so it's got healthy fats to balance out the carbohydrates. And I'll usually only have the oats for breakfast after a lifting workout. My average breakfast is pretty solid, so I don't feel the need to make changes there. Lunch is the same. However, when it comes to my ideal and what that looks like versus the lowest standards I have, There are two key places that come to mind when I think about creating different lowest standards, which would lead to a new and improved average day. The first one is around coffee. You might have actually heard me talk about this on the podcast before, because this has been one I have wrestled with on and off for years. I have a limiting belief that I will never be one of those people who can drink coffee black. I know it's a limiting belief, haven't changed it yet. So when I have coffee, it has cream and sugar in it. And you know what? On occasion, this would be fine. If I had a creamy, sugary coffee in the morning as infrequently as I skip workouts, no big deal. It becomes more problematic when it's part of my average day. Because I notice I'm more tired if I have coffee first thing. I also am going to be more likely to be irritated and jittery. And I have more cravings for sugar later in the day. Beyond the physical ramifications, there's also the impact it has on my wallet. Do I want to give Starbucks anywhere from 30 to 80 bucks a month, depending on how many cups I buy? That could buy so many books instead. Uh, And then there's also the reality that my work has a coffee vending machine. So even after I stopped going to Starbucks regularly, I then came up with this rationalization that since the coffee was free, I should take advantage of it. 
The crazy part is I know when I have my low caffeine green tea from David's Tea, I feel way better. I don't even miss the coffee once I've had green tea for about three days in a row. I can have this drink without any sugar and it's way better on my wallet because let's face it, once I start drinking the vending machine coffee at work, I'm more likely to start drinking Starbucks again on my off days because hey, I'm already drinking coffee anyways, right? My average day now includes coffee, so why not? After listening to this State of Being podcast and then thinking back to this quote from Stephen Kotler, I decided that once and for all, I want an average day to include green tea instead of coffee. I want coffee to function more like alcohol does in my daily life. I would never consider drinking alcohol daily or even weekly because that's not part of my average. I'm going to guess I drink socially about four to eight times a year. I want coffee to be the same. It's something I'll have socially when I have a coffee date or when I'm at some gourmet coffee shop in a new town, something that's out of the ordinary. So that's the first one I'm working on. Another place I'm working is in my evening routine. I have some super high ideals where I know I'd feel amazing every morning if I finished eating three hours before bedtime, I wrote in my journal, I did yoga, and I read a book before bed. This is my highest ideal. And again, we don't always rise to our highest ideal. We fall to our lowest standard or we fall back to our averages. As of right now, there are a lot of days where I read before bed, but I can tell you, the nightly journal session and the yoga don't happen very often. And then there are some days where the evening routine looks like TV and snacks. My average evening routine isn't where I'd like it to be. And this is what I like about the idea of raising your daily averages instead of trying to get it perfect. Instead of looking at my evening routine through the lens of my highest ambition, I can look at where my daily average is right now and start to make adjustments to boost my average steadily over time. So for now, I'm working on building in the standard of turning off the TV and reading at night 99% of the time. I'm also committed to, on average, so way more often than not, doing at least five minutes of stretching or mobility. Even if that means I'm just doing some side twists and a supine butterfly in bed right before I go to sleep. This is about micro improvements. Ones I feel ready, willing, and able to do, even on the days I'm most fatigued. It's also about meeting myself where I'm at and being focused on the long game of raising my true standards over time. Now, here are a few ideas and practices you can use in your own life to put these two concepts to work. You can start by doing a standards and average day audit. You can look at where your standards are right now, things you almost always do and the things you almost never do. And these are the things you don't really have to think about it either. You wouldn't have a glass of wine at 9 a.m. You always meditate for at least five minutes in the morning because you've been doing it for the last three years, for example. You don't have to think about these things. Then you can look at what new standards you would like to create. 
Put another way, you can look at how you want your average day to go in terms of what you eat, how you structure your days, how you move your body, and how you build in intentional rest. Then you have to choose a few new standards to work towards. And when you're trying to choose a few things to work on, you want to consider two factors. You want to consider ease. So how easeful would it be to make this change you're wanting to make? And also how impactful would it be? You want to find things that are high ease, high impact wherever possible. Another thing you want to focus on here to really make this stick is uh, implementation and tracking that implementation. Something I have used my planner for for the last three years, ever since 2020. So I will actually make a little uh, habit tracker of the things that I am working on creating average day standards around. And I get to check off that box and look at it visually. I used to have a big year-long tracker, but what I found was then if I broke my streak on a certain habit, I'd be less likely to do it again because I'm like, oh, I broke my streak anyways. So now I just create a graph and a habit tracker week to week so that each week is like a blank slate and I'm not focused on the year long. And then if I want to look at the big picture and go back and look from week to week. You could also find a habit tracker on Etsy if you prefer something digital. I've also tried that, but I didn't love it because I didn't love having the extra tab open. And if it wasn't open, I would kind of forget about it. It wasn't as top of mind as having my planner open. You can also use affirmations to really drive these new things you're creating home. So you can create the affirmation that says, I am creating the new standard of blank. I am creating the new standard of getting outside daily. I am creating the new standard of drinking green tea instead of coffee, whatever it is. You can also remind yourself in an affirmation, it's most important to adhere to this new standard when you don't want to. The other thing you can do is celebrate milestones. So hopefully you're tracking this, you're keeping track of how many days you've gone in a row doing the thing. Maybe once you've hit a streak of seven or 14 or 30 days in a row, you do something for yourself. You buy yourself a new book or take yourself to your favorite hike that's a little out of the way. Something along those lines. So you might ask, how long do you track and celebrate these new standards you're creating? Personally, I have gotten the best results tracking new standards and habits for an entire year. Some of them do become second nature faster than others, and I might not need to track them for the whole year, but I also want to ensure I don't start taking anything for granted, and I want to ensure I stick with everything long enough to see the magic of compound impact and growth happening that really comes from doing these things for longer stretches of time. This is why you want to pay close attention to the impact a new standard will have on your overall progress and happiness. Imagine what would happen if you did a certain thing for 96 months, a year in a row. How would your life be different? How would you be different? Your slay challenge this week is to do this average daily day audit and commit to setting some new standards. If you feel called, you can drop me a message on Facebook or post in the Facebook group. Whatever 
you feel called to do, just let me know what you're working on so I can celebrate and support you. These two ideas and the strategy for implementing them have been beyond helpful for me in my own life, and I can't wait to see how it helps you in yours. Happy slaying, my friend. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.